around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and Descriptions. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and Podbean. If you would like to send me an email, send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. If you're a new listener, we thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. I don't know, maybe you got it through an Instagram ad, a friend texted to you. You seen it on Facebook, but however you got here, thank God that you're here. And we're excited to have you aboard the team. Now, today, since the last time I spoke with you all, um, there's been a lot been going on. You know, um, we had Aretha Franklin's funeral day, not funeral, fume, F-U-M-E. And uh, it was six hours long. I mean, I didn't watch it. There was no way I was gonna sit and watch no six hour funeral. But I did catch some highlights. (laughs) And uh, of course, the main thing that's going down my timeline is this uh, pastor, uh, Bishop Charles Ellis III, out of Detroit, Michigan. Um, you can see him, you know, have his arms around the singer Ariana Grande and seem like he's groping her or, or filling her up, as they say, as he's talking to the congregation. Now, I believe there's more than meets the eye. I really don't, I don't believe that was his intention. And me and my wife was talking about it. It do seem weird. He has his fingers like it's rubbing the side of her uh, breast, but I really just don't think he intended to do that but whether he intended to do it or not as i told my mama he just gonna have to hold that l <laughs> either way it don't matter i mean I'm, i know he apologized already and all that but it's the internet so if the internet catches you doing whatever you can try to talk your way out of it but just hold the l you want to hold it for a little minute but then i went to the mall to uh going to a shoe store and this gentleman proceeded to help me. He first started off saying that I looked familiar, but I don't know where I knew him from. He didn't know, so we just moved on past that. But he proceeded to talk to me about, you know, his musical skills. He could rap. He had a flow, and he was asking me, uh, what's where is a good platform or a good way for him to promote his music? And I suggested Instagram. You know, that I think Instagram would be more beneficial. You know, get you somebody to shoot you some visuals or whatever. And his flow was nice. He had like a little Wale flow to him and uh, real poetic. And, you know, so I suggested that to him. And then he proceeded to talk about the church and religion and uh, I guess a lot of other woke stuff that people talk about nowadays. And, you know, but once you start, once you bring the church name in it, now I'm all ears because... I'm waiting to see if I need to hit you with some facts from the book or not. Because, like I told you, what most people know about the Bible is what they heard somebody who heard somebody say something about it. They never actually read the book for themselves. Or maybe they attended the church and, you know, it was a church and the preacher was just shouting and hooping. But they really didn't have an understanding of the scriptures and what the scriptures were saying. So he started saying something about, you know, the preacher is designed to sell himself to the congregation and... The tithes that's given is supposed to build up the community and um, just all these other little things. And we couldn't, I couldn't really even 
dig in like I wanted to, but I shared a little wisdom with him and then uh, I moved on from there. But um, it made me want to talk about the misconceptions of the church. You know, there's, there's some misconceptions that I think people don't know. I think people just assume things supposed to be this way. They assume you're not supposed to judge. They assume, you know, you, you got to dress in, in pants or whatever have you. They assume that the ties go to the community. So let's find out. Misconceptions of the church. Let's start with the first one. Does the preacher get the money? When you pay tithes and offerings, does that go to the preacher? Well, let's look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Malachi 3, verse 10, it says, Bring all the tithes. A tithe simply means a tenth of your income. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of the armies of heaven's army. Now I am reading out the New Living Translation version of the Bible. You may be reading out of a different translation. That's all good. We're still going to end up in the same place. So that particular scripture was talking about tithes. It's kind of like the basic main scripture that people will use for tithing. And um, and say nothing about giving to the community or giving to the pastor for that sake. So he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Not the pastor, bring all tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says, this is the Lord speaking. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. So God is saying, and this is the only scripture out of the whole Bible where God tells you to prove him. Meaning that if you would pay your tithes and bring him to the storehouse, or in our cases, it would be um, the local church facility. God says that he's going to open up a window of blessing for you. The pastor's not going to open it up. Uh, the mother of the church is not going to open it up. Your friend's not going to open it up. God said he's going to open it up. Now, see, you may be thinking, like, that don't make sense. It may not make sense to you because it's not sense. It's faith. Now, I'm already a witness. I've been tithing for over 10 years. Now, I've had my season where I didn't tithe because, you know, I was in a financial situation. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to get this tithe? And I'm struggling. But come to find out, once I sacrificed, because things was already bad. So I said, let me just let me just tithe, continue to tithe. I should have never stopped, but I was just un I was under a lot of pressure, and the Lord forgave me. But so I started tithing, even in the midst of a financial struggle, and it it was supernatural. It was like I was brought out of the struggle. It was like the money that I had seemed to stretch where it didn't no longer stretch. You can't that was that was part of that favor from tithing. And you may be thinking like, man, come on, listen, it's a spiritual principle that you tithe the tenth of your income. Now let's go to another scripture. Let's go to um, Proverbs 3, 9. Now some of you may be asking, so if you don't tithe, does that mean you're gonna struggle financially or does that mean that you're gonna be cursed? No, it doesn't mean that. You know, not in, not in the New Testament, but you should. Um, tithing, tithing really at this point is a heart issue. It's not a money issue. Tithing is a heart issue. And I look at it like 
God has blessed me with the job. He's blessed me with all these resources and things that, you know, I didn't bless myself with. So the 10% of my income, I'm honoring him with. And we're going to look at that in Proverbs 39, where it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. If you look at the first part again, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So he's saying, honor me with your wealth or whatever financial gain that you have and with the best part of everything you produce. And then here's the promise after that. After you do that, then God says he's going to do something. He's going to fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, in this case, we have bank accounts. You know, we don't have vats. At least some of us don't, you know, and, and all that. So God's saying, honor me and I'm going to honor you. And this, this is just talking about finances. And we can honor God in other ways, but this particular scripture, he's talking about finances. So you honor God, he's going to honor you. We're not giving money to the pastor. You can give money to your pastor, and rightfully so, you can do that. But the tithe, now hear this, it shouldn't be going to the pastor. But see, you, I, you'll be blessed either way because your intent is to pay, you're giving the tithe as unto the Lord. Now, the pastor or the minister should be managing those monies properly. Now, we know that all pastors have not managed the money well. You do have some pastors who have done certain things like that. That's not all pastors. There's really a small percentage of pastors who do things like that than there, are a lot, than there is of a large percent. There are a lot of pastors who are doing a lot of things for their communities that you don't know. You're just thinking of your small circle. You're thinking of, I don't know, what North St. Louis. Oh, there's 50 churches on this block. Okay, that 50 churches, that those 50 churches, does that, does that represent, uh, does that make up the, the entire body of Christ? No, it does not. Those 50 churches, yeah, they should be doing something for their local community. But have you stopped to think about the people who attend those churches? Are they giving? Cause just because it's a church, as you can see, there are a lot of abandoned churches. You know why? Because they can't keep it up because people aren't giving. Macchiato's music in description.
what they don't really realize though. This next verse, this next verse though, these bars. Whoopie dee scoop, scoop dee dee whoop, whoop dee scoop dee poop, poop dee scoop dee scoop dee whoop, whoopie dee scoop whoop poop, poop dee dee whoop scoop, poop, poop, scoop dee dee whoop, whoop dee dee scoop, whoop dee dee scoop poop. This concludes side A. Please flip to side B. So yeah, there's 50 churches, but probably about 45 of them are no longer in use. You know, you do have to pay for the facility. If you have a loan on it, you have to pay for the lights, you gotta pay for the gas if there's any. So yeah, just cause you're a pastor and, and you say, hey, I'm gonna preach and start a church. That church, local church has to be supported by the congregation. Their local church has to be supported by the congregation. So every pastor is not out to get you and get your money. So that's a misconception. And if I was you, I would encourage you to tie. Honor God with your money and just see how the favor of God shows up. You can't explain it. Wisdom, I, you just, it's supernatural. You can't explain it. But God is true to his word. And if he says, honor him with his money and that he will take care of you and he'll honor you and fill your barns up and do all take a minute you can take that to the bank and i'm a witness of it i tithe because i love god and i want to honor him all right let's move on oh let, i'm sorry before we move on i want to read you another scripture about um does a preacher get the money look at jeremiah uh, chapter 3 verse 15 jeremiah 3 15 this is about a pastor this says and i will give you shepherds or pastors after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. See, that's the heart. That's supposed to be the heart of a pastor. God's saying that when he calls pastors, he's giving you pastors after his heart. That does not mean that every single person who calls himself a pastor, God sent them. There are some that just went and God didn't send. Some people are out to manipulate you. Some people are out to do certain things. But those things, believe it or not, are, easy, are easily discernible. Those are things that you can easily catch on and see. A person who's a pastor has a heart of a pastor. And you truly know the heart of a pastor once you meet one face to face. So that was God's intent when he gave pastors to feed you with the word of God. He says, I'm going to give you pastors after this heart and they're going to guide you with knowledge and understanding. Guide you through the word, not through their wisdom. Now let's move on. I just wanted to read that scripture because I had it down. It's very, very important. You need to understand that about a pastor. All right, next one. Is there a dress code? People was talking about Ariana Grande's dress and how short it was and all those different things. Now, I think you need to take the church out of it. Now, it was inappropriate just for a funeral at that. Even if it was outside of the ballpark, it was a funeral. So, you know, people saying it was it was too short for church. You know, it was it was too sexy. It was all these different things. Hey, that's what the young lady wore, and you gotta move on. Now, like I said, intentions you can't see. Intentions are a hard thing. So, we just saw the dress. Was that her intention? Was to seduce or entice men? We don't know. So let's look at First Timothy chapter two, verse nine. Is there a dress code? I heard y'all. I heard you gotta wear suits and and uh, 
You know, and that's why I haven't really been to church because, you know, I ain't got to suit. My suit game ain't really right yet. First Timothy 2.9. And this scripture is particularly um, talking about women and how they should dress. This is Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor. And, um, yeah, let's look at verse uh, 8. It says, in every place of worship. So he's telling, he's like, now you know he's talking about the place where people worship, whether it's a facility, it's in a house, wherever it is where believers are gathered together and we come to worship the Lord. He's saying this. I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. Basically, he, he, he's saying, and this is, this is Timothy talking. He's saying he want women to dress modestly. Now, he didn't say what to wear. He's just saying that women shouldn't wear things to draw attention to themselves. If you have a low-cut shirt on that's showing your breasts, whether the man, whether men are saved or not saved, you're drawing attention to yourself. Now, men can't freely worship the Lord and listen to the word because they keep looking at you, and you want to keep, and you keep getting up. I gotta go to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of stuff. He was saying that you, he wants you to dress modestly because he doesn't want you to draw attention to yourself. And I think that's what happened at the funeral Ariana Grande. I didn't watch it, but I was told, and I kind of, I watched the, uh, her, a little bit of her singing part, and I was told that, you know, the man in the back was sleeping until she got up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's one of the reasons. He's just, it's not a commandment. He's just saying that women should dress modestly so that you won't draw attention to yourself in a sexual or lustful way. Because, listen, this is the thing. And I know people may say, well, I should be able to dress how I want. Okay, I'm just telling you what the book says. And if you want to dress how you want, you should not be dressing to get attention from men. Now, if you're doing that, then you're going and you're attending church for the wrong reason. That's just the truth. You have to understand how God made men, how God made women. Remember, God created the man first, right? Then he put the man to sleep and then created the woman. The Bible says he made a man, but but then it says he built a woman. So a woman is built differently from a man. Men are visual. Women aren't visual. God designed it where men are stimulated through visuals. So that's one of the reasons why he says women should dress modestly. Notice he ain't said nothing about a man dressing modestly. Because men aren't built like a woman. And it's just out listen. You can take it how you want, but I guarantee you, if you want to go to church and you want to dress real sexy like you going to the club or going out with the girls, I'm telling you, you are going to draw the wrong men. Because number one, all men are in aren't attending church for the right reason. You have some in there who are looking for women who, you know, want to come in there like that. So just got to be careful. You got to use wisdom. And if we in it to please God, then let's be in it. To please God if we want to please God then let's do that so that's just a little misconception that you got to wear whatever whatever but he ain't saying you got to cover your face up or wear pants or whatever he just ain't the thing is just dressing modestly I think you knew that but I just wanted to put it on record <laughs> number three um and these ain't and these aren't in no particular order 
Uh, people who go to church are hypocrites. That's why I don't go. Just a bunch of hypocrites there. There are some hypocrites in church. That's true. There are also hypocrites at the restaurant. Your doctor, hypocrite. Your whole bunch of people at the club, hypocrites. That's just an excuse. But we're going to read these scriptures anyway. And, uh, you know, just say you just don't want to go. That's what I'd rather people say when it comes to just things. Not even just the church. If you don't want to do something, just say. Like the Bible says, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Just say you don't want to do it. You don't have to make an excuse. Because we know there's hypocrites everywhere. Matthew uh, 23. We're going to define all what a hypocrite is. Verse 27. It says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law? This is Jesus speaking. It says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law? And you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. So just from this, we know that hypocrisy has a lot to do with action, has a lot to do with the heart. It's not outward. You can't see a hypocrite from the outward appearance. Verse 28, outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. So it's all a heart issue. Let's look at Luke chapter 20. Hypocrisy, hypocrites. Verse 46, it says, beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at the banquets yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public because of this they will be severely punished yikes so jesus called out hypocrites but we have to properly define what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is, number one, a person displaying outwardly that they're real pious and they're just real snobby. But then once you go in the back in the booth in the corner in the dark, they doing all this, all this underhanded stuff. So it's basically how you present yourself. And that brings us to the next one and probably the last one. Churches are judgmental or church people, quote unquote, are just so judgmental i just i can't do it i can't I, I, that's why I, that's why i read the bibles at home because i can't i can't do the judgment all right matthew 7 let's look at it one and we're gonna read um five verses it says do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own how can you think of saying to your friend let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye hypocrite first get rid of the log in your own eye then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye so basically this is a person judging someone who is basically dealing with the same thing making unrighteous judgment as we're, that's what we're about to define now there is a difference between unrighteous judgment and righteous a righteous judgment because there is a time where god says you can judge how people are judging they're judging based off of just appearance so for instance the judgment will be us looking at ariana grande right 
saying she was at the funeral and you know people say oh she's just out there to get this and she's well you judging now because she know she wasn't up there for that she was up there to sing in honor of Aretha Franklin you see what I'm saying but see we took the dress she got on and that's why the past would probably was nah -uh. so you can't judge that way that's why he says you gotta get the log out your own eye because you saying that but then God saying yeah but you was just at your mama's uh past anniversary and you had this cat suit on you know or whatever you know what I'm saying so those type of thing God sees so he don't want you judging people off appearance that's what he's talking about he's not saying to not um encourage somebody to do better or to pull somebody aside you see they're going on the wrong path you know what I'm saying so that's not it's not what that's referring to talking about appearance and he said you need to deal with your situation first you can't be judging somebody for something that you know that you do in the corner in the back in the booth and the doubt <laughs> all right John 7 I got verse 24 let's see verse 24 says look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly it says judge not according to the appearance but judge righteous judgment judge righteous judgment right so a man he has he's been in jail several times for being a child predator right he gets out we don't have any recollection of him claiming deliverance or when to testify of hey the lord delivered me from this we just know he gets out next thing you know he's at your church now you're not judging him based off his appearance you're being watchful this man was locked up five times no one really knows him but we, we know him but we don't know him and all of a sudden he's come to the church he went and he said i want i want to work in children's church what <laughs> you ready to fight so yeah it's righteous judgment you know he he definitely he never made any claims or anything that he's a changed man or anything like that or you know but yeah, you're, you're doing it's righteous judgment you understand what i'm saying if you know a woman is um has been flirting with all the men in the congregation or if you know some women that you know as they say were home records so to speak well i don't think you and if you're listening you married and you have a husband now i just use myself i don't think my wife would want me to be around that woman as saved as i am and oh I, oh and i just want to you know you want to what you saying no it's righteous judgment now we're not saying judge them if they say that they hate they've been delivered now a person told you that this was their lifestyle they testified i used to be this way i'm out of that now then you have no right to judge them in that but we're talking about people who don't acknowledge any type of test no any type of um deliverance from anything you just kind of you know their ways they've been showing their ways so you're judging righteously and we're gonna go to first corinthians chapter five the judgment that God doesn't like is you judging based on my off their appearance. I'll look at their shoes. They must they must be homeless. They ain't got no they got holes in their shoes. No, they could just be saving their money to purchase some property so they're willing to sacrifice. 
not getting new shoes. But we don't think like that. You know, we think the opposite. That's what God is talking about. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 12, it says, is, It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. Wow. So, again, it says, it is not, it is not my responsibility to judge outsiders. Now, this is particularly referring to people who are in the church when i say in the church meaning that you have made jesus christ the lord of your life the church is not a facility the church is a body of believers okay now when the scripture talks about place of worship then yeah he's referring to like the a local place where believers gather together to worship and hear the word of god but those inside the church meaning those in the body of christ we judge those that are within so if you know your brother or sister in Christ is out here and you know they say but they're out here just wilding out it's your responsibility when it said judge them judge them it doesn't mean condemn it means yo if this is your brother or sister pull them to the side and yo fam you you gotta chill like you know better you know, and you just, whatever the situation is, you talk to them, encourage them out that situation. Because we're responsible or should be responsible for each other. You know what I'm saying? If I know a pastor, if he's if he's a friend of mine and I know he's cheating on his wife. Yo, friend, yo, you got to go. When I say got to go, like, yo, you got to stop. Now you say, well, would you, when you go tell his wife, I'm going to tell him first. And if he doesn't stop, then what? Hey, but yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't do it. Nobody like that. Cause now that's my sister in the Lord. You my brother in the Lord. But yeah, but now that's my sister in the Lord. So I can't allow you to do this to her. But as a friend, cause of course I will probably be more of the friend to him than I am to her. So I will talk to him. This is how I would do. It. I'm not saying this is the right or wrong way. I'm just saying that this is how I would do it. I will speak to him, talk to him, tell him to tell his wife, da 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 da. If he doesn't, then yeah, we'll have to we'll have to proceed to higher measures. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's what God is talking about. God said He's not judging though. We don't judge those on the outside. So those who aren't born again, like I can't judge Little Wayne for sipping lean and looking 65 when he's only about 35 because of drug use all i can say is wayne gotta get himself together if he not he not gonna be here long that's just the fact you know or if i'm seeing or if i'm seeing somebody do something that's just they just wilding out that doesn't mean i can't pull them to the side like i don't know wayne so i can't pull them to the side but it doesn't mean i don't pull them to the side and say yo chill but god's gonna handle that now i can pray for wayne and which i have Honestly, I have, and uh, and I don't know. I just kind of seen some things on the gram that just didn't look good. But um, doesn't mean I don't pray for them, cause I'm praying that God will save them and God will get a hold, get a hold to them, and that their life will change. You know what I'm saying? But on the outside, God God knows all about his situation and whoever situation was going on. But those on the inside. 
and you say you're my brother and sister in the Lord, and I know you, and you out here wilding, oh no. Come on, come on to the side. Come sit down. Let, let's talk. Let's talk what's going on. That's my responsibility, according to this scripture. And if you're a brother and sister in the Lord, you should have no problem with that. That's called accountability, and we all should have accountability in our life. Maybe I didn't answer all your questions. Maybe you have some more misconceptions about the church and things that you want me to answer. If you do, email me at mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. If you know anybody that you feel may need to hear this message, please send this to them. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Spotify. And remember the words of the Book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, latter verse. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time. I'm out.